listening to the Dana Crypto Show, Bitcoin and Common Sense. Meta's Facebook gained billions of users all over the world to connect people, but they took advantage of that and misused their privileges, thus landing them in a lawsuit that they will never forget. When Facebook was first formed, everyone got excited and wanted to use the platform to connect with family and friends from all over the world. However, things started getting messier over the years as data and privacy issues started cropping up. Well, this could not be perfectly avoided because being human is too err. But somehow the privacy thing was, as it is purported, a matter of deliberate carelessness, so to say. But just how did Facebook get a hold of users' data? That's a good question. Time to check my Facebook! Facebook, Facebook, gotta check my Facebook, gotta take another look. Nothing new, I am hooked. What to do? Hit refresh. Facebook, Facebook, gotta check my Facebook, gotta creep on all my friends every day. There's no end, it's the Facebook way. Oh my god, 10 likes, I'm so popular. You can't handle the truth. You're a Gucci boo boo. Good afternoon, America! And welcome to the Dana Crypto Show. It's the show all about Bitcoin blockchain technology. Yeah, Mr. Crypto! Man, what a crazy week we've had. Markets up, markets down, markets going all around. You know, here on the Dana Crypto Show, the first FM radio show in America. Now podcast, by the way. Anywhere. Boston Podcast Network. You can find me there. My favorite guys. My go-to place. But just Google the Dana Crypto Show and you can find it. Man, what an exciting time to be in this space. What an exciting time to be in the blockchain technology space. But you know something? There's, there's too many or too few players. You can't have just like Amazon, Google, and Facebook. We can't just have three. We got to have more variety. We got to have more uh, options for our social media. We need to have some ad free. Are you sick of those freaking ads, man? I can't take those ads anymore, man. What about you? Well, I got a guy on the phone, Zavin Nahapatian. What a great guy, man. He's he is here. Why is he here, Mr. Crypto, on your show? Well, he's the co-founder of Niche. It's a newly launched ad free. Did I just say ad-free, decentralized, web three social platform? These guys, they're going head-to-head, -head, or they'd like to, with Facebook. Can you imagine? This is David and Goliath, the story that you always hear on the Dana Crypto Show. We bring the little guys who try to beat up the big guy. don't punch them in the face. Anyway, Zavin's on the phone right now. He's going to tell us all about Niche. I like it already, man. Zavin, how we doing? Hey, how are you doing? Great to be on the show. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming on. So we're going to jump right in now. What exactly is niche? Why don't you, you you're going to go head to head with Facebook? Man, you're crazy. Tell me about this. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the plan. So we're trying to do so we feel like social media is pretty broken right now. It's a pretty terrible experience. You got lots of ads, your data is being mined. Uh, you know, you're getting misinformation, you're getting election interference, all these bad things are happening. And we feel like crypto is honestly the solution to all of that. It lets us make money without having to show people ads, which means we don't have to collect their data. We don't have to keep them glued to their phones. We're trying to make a social media app that solves those issues and gets people a better experience. Now, you are a, uh, a former senior engineer and or senior engineering manager at Facebook. Why did you leave? Did you? I mean, it seems like it was a pretty good gig, man. Why'd you leave that? Was it to start this particular company? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was at Facebook for almost 10 years, you know, right before the IPO, back when it was actually cool to work at Facebook, uh, all the way till last year. And I mostly worked on things that try to use technology as a force for good in the world. 
So I did a lot of fighting misinformation, getting people to go out and vote. I started fundraisers, which has raised billions of dollars. Um, I was involved in the 2020 election. I was leading the COVID, uh, you know, efforts to show people where to get vaccinated and stuff like that. Um, and I kind of just felt like, you know, my work there was done. There's only so much good you can do at a place like Facebook that is fundamentally flawed. And I felt like ultimately, if I wanted to really do something good, I had to leave and try to take Facebook down. Uh, because I realized, you know, all even despite all these efforts, technology was being abused and misused and leading to bad things in the world. And so I kind of felt this calling to leave and try to do something better and healthier. Well, it sounds like we need this in the world. Exactly. How are you going to be? I, I know I'm going to go on niche. I'll be one of the first people to download this thing, man. And I hope you will be too. When is that uh, app going to be available? It's actually already in the app store. If you go to the app store and type niche member owned community, uh, it should pop up. And right now we're in private beta. We're hoping to launch to the public in January next year. That's really cool. Now, what would be the difference, other than the ads or no ads, what's the difference between niche and, say, Facebook? What is the difference? Yeah, there's a couple of big differences. One is you own all of your content, all of your data. You can take it with you anywhere you go. And we see this happen a bunch on Facebook. Like a certain group will get shut down and people will lose their entire communities, their livelihood if they're doing buy and sell stuff in there. Um, and what we want to do is we want to create this blockchain protocol that lets people take their stuff anywhere so if other social media apps pop up on our protocol you know if you don't like something you can go to the other app and you can just log in with your wallet and you'll have all of your stuff there all your friends your networks your messages it's totally portable um, which is really only possible due to this blockchain technology revolution the other thing that's different is we feel like more authentic connections happen and you know less of this like your weird uncle posting some crazy propaganda more things happen when you connect with people you actually care about and you have something in common with. Uh, and so that's kind of where the name of the app comes in. It's all about helping people find their niche, find their community of people around their interests, whether they're really into baking sourdough or speculating on, on crypto or, you know, uh, they want to find other people to start a company with. The app is kind of built around finding communities and fostering these communities rather than just, hey, add every single person you've ever met in your life and just post stuff to get lots of views. Now, according to my sources, uh, and my sources are very good, that uh, I'll also, as a member of Niche, I'll be able to uh, enjoy creating, buying, and selling my own content. Now, what if I don't have any uh, NFT experience? I don't even know what NFT stands for. How does this uh, your app help that person? Yeah, actually, it's, it's awesome that you mentioned that we literally don't even say the word anywhere on the, uh, the word NFT anywhere on the app right now. We want to make it super, super seamless. And so uh, you don't know, you don't have to know anything about crypto to sign up and take advantage of this app. And everything kind of happens under the hood. So you log in, you know, with like your, your Apple ID or Facebook or Google account, and we'll seamlessly create a wallet for you. Someone can send you a text message to join their private and affiliated community. And without even realizing you're doing this, just by clicking on this message, you can uh, accept these NFTs, mint them, and add them to your wallet. And so make it super simple. And then every single post that you create, uh, say you're an artist and you're dropping your digital art or you're selling goods or whatever, uh, just through clicking one button, you can also seamlessly mint that for a couple of cents uh, to the blockchain and be able to sell that and make a, a revenue stream through that. That's crazy. I mean, I think we need that. So, uh, you know, it, it would poise the question, if I can just sit back, as your press release says, I can just sit back, relax, and enjoy creating, buying, and selling my very own content. That would, uh, you know, indicate that you can't do, you cannot just sit back and relax and enjoy and buy 
and sell your own content on Facebook. Would that be correct? Oh, absolutely. It's so hard to do. Um, and we see crypto, uh, Facebook and Instagram trying to get more into crypto, but they're really struggling with this. They like don't get it all right. Like they're the big centralized giants. They're trying to keep you controlled and make all the money off your data. And so I don't think they'll ever be able to succeed at that anyways. It's crazy that, you know, nothing is private anymore. Uh, you know, nothing is, uh, you know, sacred anymore. You mentioned that Facebook, and we're going to, you know, we'll bounce back and forth to that because you, you, you're, the, you're the go-to guy if you worked there for 10 years. I mean, you, you would got through probably and were employed there during their height of their, their growth when they really exploded on the scene. So, totally. Yeah. Totally. So, so why is it that such a, uh, these are my words, toxic environment to work in? And what is going on with Facebook where they can censor people and not, you know, is it pick and choose? Is it done on an algorithm? How does that all work? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I think everyone at Facebook has, or almost everyone has good intentions. Like, I don't think they set out to be evil, but because of some decisions that were made early on, evil things happened, if that makes sense. And so they decided, you know, ads seem like the hot thing to make money off of. And then, well, if you want to show ads, you need people to look at their phones as long as possible so that they can see more ads. Well, if you want them to look at their phones as long as possible, you need to start promoting algorithmically things that will get more attention, get more eyeballs. And so that's kind of where we start getting all this toxic content from because really divisive content um, or, you know, clickbait or just straight up fake news a lot of that stuff is really catchy, right? People want to comment on it. They're pissed off where they love it. They want to reshare it. And that stuff leads people to look at their phones more and ultimately brings the company more money. And so it was never intentional per se, but because of some of these decisions, you get all these like really toxic, nasty things that happen. I think it's happened that way. Now, I, I have a theory about Facebook that it's just based on my, okay. my use of it, you know, steered clear of social media by design up until about maybe three years ago when I got a Facebook page and a Twitter account and all that other stuff, and you know, to get follows. In my if I didn't have this radio show, I would not be on social media. I can guarantee you that. It's nice to hear about people I went to high school with who couldn't give two shits about me back then. And now we're best buddies on Facebook. That's all well and good. Uh, but my theory about yep, yep. My, my theory about Facebook, and I've thought this for a while, is, is nobody's original anymore. <laughs> I don't think anybody's original. I'm going to paraphrase what I think. And you're going to, as a, an expert, a guy who was a senior engineering guy at Facebook, you're going to tell me if this is true. I think that no okay. one makes a meme. I think they, they, we make, uh, or not a lot of people do. I think that uh, if I have 400 friends, Facebook makes a meme and it's something funny or, or off the page, something that's going to laugh and, and you know, uh, make you laugh or get you engaged, and they make 400 of them. And they send not the same one to all 400 of my contacts. And then somebody posts it and they pretend like, it, oh, here, look at me, I'm funny, I'm original. But and the reason why I think this is because I've seen the same memes, I've seen the same you know uh, cutouts or whatever uh, advertisements or or, or or funny posts, and then they just keep on reoccurring. And then oh geez, you maybe didn't see that, and then it, it, it's recycled. Do you think anything? I know it's kind of a crazy thing, or maybe it's not. Do you think something like that actually exists at Facebook? No, I don't think anyone's sitting at Facebook making memes. But I do think like this is a real job. I've seen some Instagram accounts where people are just professional meme makers. And you're honestly right. They'll sit down and they'll take the same format and just, you know, stick a different thing into it. Try like 10, 20 different versions of it um, because it's, it's, it's easy to do that. It takes no effort at all. You know, crank out a whole bunch of variants and then see which one uh, gets you the most eyeballs, gets you the most clicks. So uh, it's, it's, it's kind of funny that like being a professional meme maker is literally a job that some people have in 2022. 
It's it's crazy. I mean, and and you know, everything is, you know, I'm glued to my phone a lot on, you know, for the, you know, you're trying to find out different things and all that. And um, you know, you're wondering how where the data is going, who's taking the data, what are they doing with it? There's no, you know, privacy anymore. Not not, you know, doing a uh um, you know, a VPN or anything that isn't going to really protect you from that stuff. So what makes niche, uh, the one, the stand out social media platform, the go-to place that's, how do we know just because you're telling me that you're not going to steal my content or use it? How do we know for sure that that's a solid, solid idea? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's two things to answer that. The first is by using the blockchain, you truly own your content. Like it is, you know, if you collect um, these NFTs, um, if you mint your posts onto the blockchain, all of these things, you know, are tied to your private keys. Um, And, you know, for most people, we offer custodial keys uh, just to make it easier, but you can export your keys. You can take your own or you can connect your own wallets. And so, you know, your keys, your data, like you can you have complete control of those things. They're not living on Facebook servers, um, but they're actually yours. You can take them with you wherever you go. The second thing is if we don't have ads, um, we really have no need to ever collect any sort of demographics information to be able to target you. Um, And if you look at the sort of things that Facebook is collecting to be able to target ads, it's terrifying, right? Like there's these stories of them predicting that someone got pregnant before that person even knew themselves. And because they can sell you, you know, pampers or whatever. And they really, really need to learn as much as they can about you. You know, your, your age, your interest, what's the last website you visited? Would you ever add to your shopping cart on Amazon? All the things like that. Um, so that they can make those billions of dollars that they do off of ads revenue. But the way we make money on niche is, uh, from helping people succeed. You know, there's a statistic that uh, I think something like 30% of young adults in LA want to become a professional content creator. Like if you go around and ask them, what do you want to do? Like what job do you want? Uh, They'll say, oh, I want to make content. Um, But being a content creator is not a particularly well-paying job right now. I think only like 17% of content creators actually make more than the poverty line. And so what we want to do is we want to take all these people who are, who are, you know, hungry to create content, to create memes, to create videos, um, to build community and allow them to make money off of that, uh, whether they're buying and selling NFTs, whether they're doing exclusive events, whether they're leading these private token gated communities. And then we collect a percentage of those transactions. And so that, what that means is, whereas on Facebook, they're incentivized by doing bad right? The more data they harvest from those users, the more money they make. We're incentivized by doing good in that the more money our members make, you know, the more lucrative uh, people's careers are and communities are on niche, the better we are. And so that kind of realigns those incentives, I think, in a way that only blockchain makes possible, where we benefit when the people on our platform benefit rather than the other way around. We're talking with Zavin Hapatian, co-founder of Niche, a brand new social media platform that's going to rival Facebook. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dana Crypto Show, Bitcoin and Common Sense. They'll be right back. Oh, God. This is John McAfee, and you're listening to the Dana Crypto Show. People think I'm a nerd, but I'm actually super cool. That's why I'm here to talk about the really cool subject of distributed consensus-based cryptocurrency. Kachinga. Could a nerd do that? I don't think so. 
For cryptocurrency to work, we need a record of every transaction that occurs. These are recorded in what's called a distributed ledger. I'm a consensus of shared and synchronized digital data spread across multiple platforms from Shanghai to Grenada. Each day I'm closer to being cash of the future, not in your wallet, I'm in your computer, oh yeah. When you use the currency, the transaction is recorded in the ledger. <laughs> I can dig it. And when one ledger book gets filled up, we add to a chain of previous books. That's the blockchain. Later, glitches. If you'd like to learn more about how cryptocurrencies work, here's everything else you need to know. And goodbye from me, super cool Jim Parsons. It went in. 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 You saw it. It went in. Hey, everybody. It's me, comedian Tony V, and you're listening to the Dana Crypto Show. I spent 20 seconds with this guy, and I now have gold-plated teeth. Listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. Dana Crypto, if you're hearing me, that's where you got to be. Now back to our conversation with Zabin Nahapatian. He's the co-founder of the new social media platform, Niche. You know, it, it, it can be a little daunting, I think, sometimes to think that, you know, the stuff, you put your stuff out there and you, you don't know who is, uh, you know, watching it. It's amazing. I, I you know, I've been thinking this and, and having this example for years. It scares me. I think it scares a lot of my listeners that I can be in a room, like my phone can be off. This has happened to me. My phone is off and I'm not, no, nowhere near a computer and I will just talk. I said it, I mean, I, I noticed this about three years ago. I was in a store and I was talking to someone and my phone was in my car and we started talking about, and this scared the shit out of me. We started talking about uh, knee replacement surgery. So just random, you know, conversation. It, I, the second I turn my phone back on, I'm getting ads for knee replacement surgery. H- how the hell do they do that? Yeah, it's because they just know so much about you. It's honestly not even that they're listening to you. Um, they just know your exact, you know, <laughs> pretty much every activity you've ever done where age you are and you know can guess fairly accurately that you might actually be talking about or at least be around people who are talking about knee replacement surgery i had a crazy experience the other day where i was making a joke about um starting a restaurant after the gowanus canal which is uh, a canal in brooklyn where i live that is notoriously dirty and that we all need to buy hazmat suits and the way you enter the the restaurant is while, while wearing you know a hazmat suit and then literally the next day I get an ad on Instagram for $19,000 hazmat suits. Like that scared the shit out of me because that's just so, so random and obscure. I could not believe it. It's, uh, it, it really is scary. It really, really is scary how everybody knows everything and you can't even unplug right now. So uh, I think that your, your niche is going to be very well received. I believe this is going to be a very well received app do you have any goals for um, amount of users you'd like to see and when does this thing go full-blown i know you're in beta mode now when does that go full-blown that you just be it'll just be like facebook yeah yeah so you know we we hope so too and we think people are fed up with social media i mean we're seeing facebook lose users for the first time in history uh i think the company's been around for 18 years um and only now we're seeing people finally leave in the platform bleeding numbers and so uh, the time has come, right? People can't take it anymore. They're, they're, they're tired of this. They're pissed off and they want a better solution. So we hope we're doing the right thing at the right time with the, the right technology to make this possible. Um, we are going to be targeting March of 2023 for a full-blown launch. 
we are going to start uh, sort of opening up the floodgates a little more in January and uh, bringing on a couple of marquee content creators and communities and stuff like that. But really, really like March is when we're going to really open it up and let people on. And our goal is billions of dollars at their own expense. Um, and that's also why for us, it's really important to make the blockchain stuff super accessible. Uh, you know, to, to I feel like a lot of these projects are very technical, right? They're like really hard to get a hang of. And we want it to be accessible to billions of people and make it uh, useful and usable for them. So that's kind of our plan. That is a very lofty and aggressive goal, billions of people, because there's only 7 billion people in the world. <laughs> and you want all of them, man. You want them all. That's great. And uh, yeah. how many people does, you know, just curious, uh, you know, off the cuff, how many people or how many users does Facebook claim they have? Yeah, about three, four billion people. Honestly. Almost everyone on the internet is on Facebook or at least some Facebook product. It's crazy that uh, they had such a, um, you know, a rise and now they're experiencing a fall. Now, I think that this met, so you were there as a senior. So we're talking with Zavin Nahapatian. He's a former senior engineering manager at Facebook. Now, what do you think of this metaverse thing, man? First of all, the metaverse has been around since cryptocurrency and blockchain has been around uh, maybe longer. Mark Zuckerberg did not invent the term metaverse, but he's claiming to, or at least you know, giving out that persona. What do you think of that whole metaverse thing? Yeah. Oh, man, I have so many thoughts on this. One, it is the funniest rebrand ever. It's like in, it's in 1999, people are like, the internet's going to be the next big thing. Let's name our company Internet Inc., like, it's just, it's just trying <laughs> right. so hard to steal the brand recognition away from anyone else and just try to be associated with something. Um, not by building the best thing, but just by shoving it in people's faces that they think about you. Um, on the other hand, though, Facebook has had such a bad rap. I mean, nobody who hears the word Facebook uh, really has anything positive pop up to their minds. Um, so I actually think it's really, really smart to rebrand and try to you know, call the company something else because the Facebook name was really hurting them, man. Struck me as really strange that they're rebranding it as meta. Maybe you could shed some light on, you know, these NFTs things. I mean, why the hell, for my listeners, why the hell would you pay $200,000 for a bored ape yacht monkey? Friggin' digital drawing. And then uh, cryptocurrencies like Shiba, they have the Shiba universe and they're gonna, you, know, you can buy land in their own little metaverse. And, and you got guys like uh, Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son, taking pictures of John's guitars that he left him and then selling him as an NFT, making all kinds of money. But he's still got the original one. I think the whole thing's just going to crash and burn. I don't, I don't think it has, unless you can shed some light on why the hell we would just do this imaginary thing uh, called the metaverse. What, what, what is the deal with all that? Yeah, and I think it is kind of already crashing, crashing and burning. And it, that's, that's all right. I mean, we saw this in 1999 with the dot-com bubble. Anytime there's a revolutionary new technology... The first thing people do is try to squeeze every last dollar that they can out of it, right? It's, it's, it's a gold rush and everyone's like, okay, how can I make money off this? And everyone's buying it because they think they can sell for more than they bought it for. And then it crashes. But then during that time, you know, we saw Microsoft and Amazon and Google or whatever else uh, pop, out, pop out from this bubble crash um, and actually use the technology to do something revolutionary. And I think we're seeing the exact same thing right now. When when Web3 stuff and blockchain technology starts to get a little more mainstream media, everyone ran over to it to try to make as much money as they could. Um, you know, we got these board apes trading for literally over a million dollars, some of them. And then it all kind of crashed. And now we're getting the, the next wave of our Amazons and Googles. You know, the people are going to do the, the really crazy revolutionary stuff that's actually going to stick around. Um, 
So I think, you know, I think a lot of this is, yeah, kind of bullshit. Like, I'm not even going to lie about it. But the real technology behind it is truly, truly revolutionary because it lets you uh, have true digital ownership. Whereas, you know, whether that's pictures of monkeys uh, or concert tickets or memorabilia or membership in a club, that now belongs to you and you can take it with you wherever you go to whatever app you go that's built on the blockchain. Um, and that's something that just truly wasn't possible before all this. And so I think while there are going to be the board apes of the world, there are also going to be the niches of the world that use this technology to try to change something and try to make a difference in people's lives. You know, that's that's what it is all about, is making a difference in your life, making your life just a little bit easier. I mean, that's what technology should do. Everybody robs everybody's information. Uh, you know, I mean, you can go in a store. Oh, would you like, you know, can I get your email? for You know, and it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's never-ending. Uh, it's not ever going to go away. Um, you know, people are just getting more and more. I mean, you know, you have information on people, then you can sell them things, and it's kind of designed into their whole platform. So it's refreshing that we're going to have an app like Niche that's going to come out. Those be ad free. I mean, that's really exciting. That is exciting uh, beyond what you can ever ever imagine. How I feel this way because I look at my Facebook. I think three quarters of it is ads and stuff that I don't right, want. Right. You know, and you can yeah, go, you yeah. can go on and you can, you know, delete, don't show this anymore, delete, and they'll just show you different ones. I mean, it, it's never ending. You know, you delete, you know, the, the weightlifting one, and then you're going to get the nutrition one or whatever, you know, happens. So, uh, you know, th this has been a good interview. I really appreciate you calling in. We're talking to Zavin Nahapatian. Did I say it right? <laughs> Zavin Nahapatian. So Zavin and uh, Nisha's co-founder, Christopher Gulzinski, uh, he was a co-creator of Bumble and uh, patented a uh, co-inventor of tinder's frame swipe feature that's huge man wow the swipe feature that's uh that's, that's yeah i met my fiance on tinder i i am so thankful for him for inventing the swipe like that's just literally world changing you know it really is world changing on the swipe i'm gonna get him on here let's talk about that swipe technology at some point yeah. down the line so uh, again thanks and you can uh get this app right now niche Go to your app store, download it, and stay involved. Is there any other thing, uh, message you'd like to give to the crypto maniacs or any plugs that you'd like to give? Yeah, go to niche.club, N-I-C-H-E dot C-U-L-B. Uh, that's the website, and sign up for our waitlist and download the app. Thank you. What a great interview. Wow, a lot of things happening in the cryptocurrency social media space and you always get that information hot and fresh here at the dana crypto show we're going to be keeping an eye on niche both eyes on niche because this is something exciting man getting rid of that facebook thing and having something with no ads wow what a great time you all know here at the dana crypto show we believe in a few basic principles we believe in a level playing field. We believe that everyone should have equal access and opportunity to all things that make us healthier and wealthier as a nation. We believe that talent is distributed equally, but opportunity, well, it's not. The way we do business is changing. The revolution is here. And hopefully by becoming a fan of the Dana Crypto Show, you too can get in the game. My name is Dana. Yeah, Mr. Crypto. Find me on all those social media platforms soon on Niche. But for the time being, you know where to get me. Facebook, Twitter, at RealDanaCrypto, LinkedIn. You know the deal, man. And always remember, mutants, freaks, and cryptophiles, I am your king.